0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Krusic Podcast. You are listening to episode number 89. Today on TAP, we're talking all about improvisation and why it should happen earlier than you think. I'm Ann Waleski, and I've helped music teachers just like you get more intentional in their classrooms through my trainings, curriculum, and tips shared on this podcast. The truth is, teaching music is hard. You have a bunch of kids to teach and not a lot of free time to figure out how. Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated is totally normal. But here's the good news. It only takes a few simple steps to flip the script. And although it may be simple, it's definitely not easy unless you have the right toolkit. So let's start tuning and transforming your music teacher life right now. The actionable steps you need to find the purpose, follow a sequence, and choose joy are right here. This is the Anna Krusik Podcast. Today's episode of the Anacrusic Podcast is brought to you by my free music teacher guide, How to Teach Everything and Anything in the Music Room, a guide to sequencing musical concepts. In this how-to guide, I share why your current teaching strategy isn't working and how you can finally live out the vision for your dream music classroom where kids are engaged and excited to come see you each week, the importance of intentional teaching and how it can change your day-to-day life from scrambling to decide what to do next and knowing for sure the next steps to take, my secret sauce to concept sequencing that I literally use with anything and everything I teach in the music classroom, a concrete example to make it all come to life because if you're like me, you need to see something in action to understand how to apply it to your own teaching situation and your next steps to keep the magic going since this guide is only the beginning. There's so much more to what I'm sharing inside this resource, but consider this your quick start guide. To get your copy of my free guide right now, head to AnnaKrucik.com forward slash how to. Again, that's AnnaKrucik.com forward slash how to. Okay, before we even say anything about music teaching, I just have to tell you guys that I recorded today's intro probably about five different times because I was recently talking to one of my very good friends and she said that she listens to all of her podcasts on double speed except for mine. (laughs) If you're listening, you know who you are. I'm not going to call you out. But I am right now, but I think it's hilarious because it's true. I'm a fast talker. I'm trying so hard to slow down, but what happens, especially on the podcast, is that I just get like super excited about all the things, and I can't help myself, but talking fast, and yeah, so I'm doing my best to sort of take a breath and take my own advice and just breathe and talk a little slower. We'll see how that goes today because today is an episode that is very near and dear to my heart. And I'll explain my improvisation journey and we'll talk about all that stuff in just a moment. But before we dive right in, I need to just take a moment to mention that if you are listening to this podcast in real time, you don't need me to tell you what's going on. But if you're listening three years in the future and you're heading back through all the archives of the Anacristic podcast and you're not necessarily sure how the date relates to what's happening in the world, let's just go ahead and make that connection that we are living through the coronavirus pandemic right now. And because of that, everything and the way that we're teaching has been flipped upside down and on top and over and on the side and like all over the place doing gymnastics and everything is completely different than it's ever been before we're being asked to do completely different things teaching completely different ways and we're not exactly sure when it's going to go back to quote unquote normal and as i've mentioned before in the first couple of episodes of all this craziness when everything was kind of new and we were getting our bearings and all that good stuff Those first couple of episodes were really the ones where I took some time to address what's going on and make sure that our intention was really, 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 really clear because Obviously, our intention for teaching music and our purpose inside of the music classroom is still the same. And so these podcasts are here to serve you for teaching music as you navigate teaching in whatever method you might be delivering instruction or facilitating music making or however you want to phrase what you're doing right now. And I sincerely hope that if you are listening to this in real time, you've kind of found your stride and you're considering music making over delivering instruction for our current times and planning for the new year. I know that this is something I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes, but I think it's important just to reiterate that I am not creating this podcast episode um, talking about music teaching in a vacuum. I understand that there's like a total thing going on right now, but I also know from talking to members of The Sequencing Solution and inside of the Anacrusic Insiders group on Facebook that a lot of folks have maybe hit their stride not maybe necessarily the way that they would love to, but they've found a rhythm at least when it comes to distance learning and virtual teaching. And most friends that are teaching music right now are thinking more big picture instead of coming up with emergency solutions. I think we've kind of passed that point. And I hope that you're ready to be a little bit more forward thinking. And so it's with that in mind that I'm taking that mindset, rather, from here on out with the podcast and all of the wonderful things that are coming up inside of Anacrusic Land for all of you soon and very soon. So, let's talk about improvisation. (laughs) Improvisation is one of those very hairy, scary words. And when I think about improvisation, my heart still kind of skips a beat and I freak out. My most prominent memory of improvising, and really the first time I ever had to do it, to be honest with you, was when I was a junior in college and I was working on an etude, a trumpet etude with my lesson teacher. And he told me that I needed to learn how to swing because I was very much playing in a box, right? So it was kind of a jazzy etude, and I was playing it super square, which if you know me, it's probably not super duper surprising. And so his solution after a couple of lessons of me trying to figure out this thing was that in order for me to be a more versatile trumpet player and to get the feel of swinging, I should join the Jazz Lab Band, Now, to be completely fair, he wasn't totally like off, right? Like he wasn't wrong. I needed to spend some time diversifying myself because I had very much lived in the straight laced, follow the rules kind of mentality, which again, shocking, I know. And I wanted to make sure that someday I'd be able to adapt as a performer, which like jokes totally on me because I learned how to adapt as a teacher more than anywhere else in my musical life. But anyway, long story short, I enrolled in the lab band and I loved it as long as I could read the music. Because if all those years cramming for my piano lessons the night before taught me anything, it's that I was a really, really good sight reader. So, I'm sure you can guess what's coming next. The day came where it was decided it would be super fun to go around the room and everyone would take a turn and improvise. I had absolutely no idea what to do. I froze. And you know, I didn't freeze out of nerves or out of being scared or out of being the odd one out being the orchestra kid in this jazz band. I froze because I literally had no idea what to do. I'd never been asked to improvise before, and this was definitely not the place I was going to fall flat on my face trying something new when I was otherwise living in a world of perfect excerpts and perfect tune at the perfect tempo. If only 20-year-old Anne would have realized what an amazing lesson that was. 30-something Anne knows it all too well. Fast forward a few years later, and I was sitting in my very first sightseeing placement for my Kodai levels with my dear solfege teacher who I love so much and one of the most brilliant, kindest, and intimidating Hungarian musicians I've ever met. They asked if I was comfortable with solfa. Nope. They asked if I could do scale degrees. I tried, and they told me to stop and just say la la la. Thinking back, I give that performance a solid C, and that might be a little bit generous. Y'all, I no joke had no idea what I was doing in that placement or when it came to improvising later on. I could always do it on mallet instruments during workshops as long as I didn't have to sing it first because I could spit out random words that I knew here or there, but I couldn't make a sentence. I didn't have the syntax. I didn't have the conversational understanding of the musical language. That I always needed. So, obviously, if you listen to last week's podcast episode, I'm fresh off of this whole thinking and conceptualizing music learning as language learning. And so, you're gonna see a lot of parallels in that going forward. And I hope that it helps aid you in realizing the types of things that our kids need because they really, really need musical conversations. I always say that I wish I would have had my Kodai levels in undergrad, simply because of the way I finally understood RL theory. Now, it's not fair to say that, really, because I know that my teachers in undergrad were amazing, but I was more interested in rattling off facts on exams and occasionally skipping class truth be told, to go practice trumpet excerpts than really understand what happens in a musical conversation. And yes, I realize that there's about a million cooler things I could have been skipping class for, and you better believe I didn't skip class often because I still wanted that gold star of a good grade. But what a disservice I did to myself. It is 100%, I really believe this, 100% the combination of the message, the messenger, and the timing that makes things click for us. And I was 100% blessed to have things finally click for me inside of my Kodai levels early and often. If only I could apply some of those lessons to the earlier days of my musicianship, what could have been possible? But in the interest of being forward thinking, let's talk about what all this has to do with what's possible now for our students. How can we get them comfortable playing with the different elements of the musical language instead of being really good readers who can't carry on a conversation? It's all through improvisation. Now, it's important to note, pun intended, a couple of things. Number one, I am not by any means in this episode negating the importance of notation. If we are to be fluent in the musical language, it's imperative that we are literate conversationalists. But the conversation piece is imperative to contextualize the literacy. Therefore, number two, improvisation should happen much earlier in the learning sequence framework than what you might think. Now, when I talk about learning sequence framework, I'm just talking about the way that I concept sequence, right? So if you're not familiar with that, you're not familiar with that language, and you want to know a little bit more about it, you can head to the link that I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, anacrusic.com slash to and check out that free guide that outlines all the things for you with an example. My entire plan for concept sequencing is beyond the scope of this episode, but for the purposes of our chat today, I'm going to really hone in on what I refer to as the core teaching phases of the learning sequence framework, which is exploration discovery, and extension. Now, if we were talking exclusively about a Kodai-inspired sequence, we would use the words prepare, present, practice. But again, the learning sequence framework is an all-encompassing of any and all pedagogical approaches, which is why I chose to use different terms. Not because I thought we needed more terms to mean the same thing. It actually is just to delineate it from a Kodai-exclusive influence, okay? So again, that's a conversation for another podcast. But just to be clear, we're talking about exploration, discovery, and extension so let's think about how these three phases function with or without notation starting in the middle so the discovery moment of the learning sequence framework is where you show students how to identify read and write musical concepts based on the experience you've built in the exploration phase the extension phase is where students are able to express their independent musicianship by combining the elements of fluency they explored with the literacy components you led them to discover all of that to say, extension is where they know how to read and write the stuff. And for me, a lot of times in my elementary music experience as a student, like back in the day, this is just where we started and ended. Like no context, no conversation. And y'all, this is why I froze in lab band. I had no R.L. image or context of what I should be doing. I had no clue where to even start. And so I was just stuck. Furthermore, 20-year-old Anne was under the impression that I needed to know all the chord changes and have the scales and chords written out to reference in order to improvise, so I'd have a vocabulary to arbitrarily pick from when the time was quote-unquote right, still without context or understanding of the musical conversation. If we're asking our students to improvise only after they've learned notation because we assume that's the answer, we are doing a huge, huge disservice to them. They're being asked to trace the letter to paint by number instead of mix the colors or come up with their own words to use. So we have to start improvising early and often. And that happens in the exploration phase. So before we go any further, let's take a minute to define improvisation, especially since I told you that story about jazz improvisation. And that's definitely not what I'm referring to. This isn't Webster's or like the music teacher's universal guide to anything, but this is just simply how I define improvisation. Okay. Improvisation is playing, it's when students are given a rhythmic vocabulary from which to draw inspiration from, and then they are simply making a choice. It doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's just a spontaneous choice that is contextualized by musical experience in the exploration phase, at least in the context that we're talking about today. So let's talk a little bit more about exploration. What do I mean by that? Quite literally, this is where we allow students the opportunity. We facilitate for students the opportunity to be in this rich musical language learning environment. We're not showing them the formal notation. We're not talking about its real name, but we're contextualizing the role of musical elements through different modes of musical experience, which you are probably most familiar with as R L visual, and kinesthetic. Also, we're differentiating for ourselves as teacher musicians. And for our student musicians through various modes of active music making, singing, speech, body percussion, movement, and instruments to reinforce those different modes of musical experience. I mean, this is a lot of stuff, right? Like, I'm throwing a lot of words at you. And there's a lot of things to check off the list, if you will, because it's so important that we're doing this differentiation piece. It's important that we're building this rich musical environment and we're giving each kid the opportunity to understand as their best musical self. And we're allowing for all of That with differentiated aural, visual, and kinesthetic preparation and exploration. So, fit an improvisation on top of it? Absolutely, you must. So, remember, it's essential that you let go of any raised on a pedestal feelings you have about what improvisation means and think about it in its simplest terms. Y'all, we are teaching small children how to interact with their world. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be perfectly imperfect because they are figuring out this language. They are figuring out the sentence structure and the syntax and they need to hear the words and the way they work together and try them out and get them wrong and right and wrong again a million times because that's how we all learn. So allow yourself and your kids the opportunity to play. If you need specific action steps to do so, which is what this season of the podcast is supposed to be all about, but I just had to get this off my heart today, but next week's podcast is 100% about those specific action steps. We're going to talk explicitly about how improvisation and then composition operate on a continuum where one informs the other. So think about it. Improvisation in this exploration phase is going to aid you in making the discovery moment a moment. Think about it. If your students have independently improvised and manipulated musical elements through aural, visual, and kinesthetic means without formal notation, how much context have they built around what you're about to lead them to? How quickly will it all make sense where this note lives and whether it's higher or lower and how it works with the other notes to make a melody? Or for rhythm, they've learned through discrimination that these notes are shorter than those and so we have to have more sounds on a beat. And then when you whip out the theory and name the things, it just makes sense. It just clicks. So let's briefly touch on the topic of composition, even though I'm going to be sharing with you much more in depth next week on the podcast. If we redefine improvisation as musical play and making a spontaneous musical choice, how is that different from composition? Well, composition is making a musical choice and being able to write it down. Literally, again, pun intended... The only step needed is that discovery moment in between where we teach our students to identify, read, and write the words they've already been speaking. And that is why we must begin improvisation in the exploration phase. By building a rich, varied, and differentiated context of active music making, and therefore visual, kinesthetic, and aural exploration, we've had about a million different musical conversations. They get the syntax, they get the sentence structure, and they know how to speak it, and now they can write it after that discovery moment. So improvisation must happen early and often. If we want our kids to be able to retain what we're sharing, if we want to truly build from the known to the unknown, they have to know it. Identify, read, write, and speak. And the speaking piece is improvisation. So hopefully, after I've talked through my whole outlook on improvisation, the way that I think about it in terms of being able to be conversational and being able to be fluent in the way that we're creating music together. I hope that that convinces you that it doesn't require notation to improvise and that you can do it early and often. And if you're just not quite sure how any of this works and you're like, oh, that's great, Anne, but you were talking like, all around anything that feels concrete, then next week's episode is 100% for you because I also have a resource that's going to illustrate all of the points that I talked about today and give you specific steps to do some improvisation with even your youngest students. In the meantime, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at Anne with an E Wobleski. Send me a DM or hop inside the Anacrusic Insiders Facebook group for one of our super fun weekend giveaways. This week's actually was posted yesterday if you're listening to this in real time. So um, go hop on the giveaway for a chance to win some fun prizes but in the meantime guys I hope that you're having a great month of May and I will talk to you next week thanks for spending this little pocket of your day with me I know music teachers are super strapped for time so be sure to check out all the resources on anacoustic.com for today's episode don't forget to click subscribe wherever you're listening to today's podcast so you don't miss an episode of tap that way you'll be notified each and every week when a new episode is live and if you want even more tips and tricks delivered to your inbox, like a little love note from me to you, make sure you sign up for the Anacrusic newsletter and you'll be the first to know all the things. Also, if you are feeling today's episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love you forever if you take a hot minute and leave a review. See you next time.